This is Jessica Martinez, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I, before we get started, just have to thank you all so much for all of the support. This has been so fun to start this, and I'm just so grateful. I have one little request for you. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, I would really appreciate if you do four quick little things for me. Number one, especially if you're listening on iTunes, go ahead and subscribe so that you make sure that you get a notification every time I get a new episode out there. Also, if you wouldn't mind giving me a little rating and a review, I would love to get some feedback, hear how you're liking it, what you'd like to hear more of, and it can be an honest review. I promise I won't get upset, but I just love hearing from you and it would make a huge difference. And the fourth thing is if you are enjoying yourself, please share it with another mom. Or maybe not another if you're not a mom, but share it with a mom (laughs) or a dad that you think might be interested. I want to try to reach as many moms and families as I can, and I need your help in doing that. So share away. And now, on with the show. This episode is really, really special, and that's because I'm not speaking to mamas this time. I am speaking with a couple of dads. I'm chatting with Sean and Tony, and this couple has just been through it all. They know they wanted to create a family, and nothing was going to stop them, and I'm so, so proud of them. After this episode was recorded, they had about two weeks to get themselves ready And then I'm so excited to announce that they welcomed a beautiful little boy into the world. I am just so grateful for them and so happy that they were able to share their story. And we're definitely going to have to do a catch-up episode in a couple months. I'll let them get settled in, but that should be a lot of fun. The last little thing I want to say before I introduce them is I just apologize because this interview had to be done in their house and I had a little problem with my microphone so the quality is not as good as I would like it to be and I apologize for that please forgive me the other ones will be better but I couldn't just redo this one the excitement in their voice was just too perfect so here we go Sean and Tony Sean and Tony I'm so excited that you're going to be on the podcast thank you so much for being here I really appreciate it and thank you for your patience with my set up today. (laughs) No worries. Thanks for having us. Of course. Um, So you are both my first dads to be on the podcast. And I think that this episode will really inspire others to start an amazing conversation about different families and how unique they can be. Um, And your story is just totally fascinating to me. I'm sure I've been driving Sean crazy asking him all these questions and details, but I'm always like, tell me the latest update. I want to know everything. Um, And you two have had quite a long journey, I think. Fair. um, And have come upon some obstacles and you've kept on pushing on. And I think we definitely are very, very close, as we'll tell the people soon, um, to some good news, but it's been a long road. Um, and I also think this episode is going to have to be two parts because we might have to do a follow-up oh, for in sure. a few months. I mean, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, if both of you, you can take turns or do it together, just kind of give us a backstory of the two of you. 
Sure. Oh, all right. You want to go first? Uh, let's see. So we met online uh, six years ago. Seven. Seven. Years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he numbers. literally never knows when we've got together. I literally I lose track sometimes. So we met online seven years ago, and we moved in. Well, Sean moved in with me shortly after that, within the same year, in fact. Um, he went on tour, and he subletted his apartment. And so when he came back, um, he was going to stay in New Hampshire with his mom. But I told him he should just come stay with me until his sublet left. Um, his sublet ended up staying a month, an extra two months. And then finally, he decided just to give up his apartment and permanently <laughs> move in here with me. Um, so then we were a couple for a while after that, a good two years, I think, before we even decided to talk about marriage. Sure. Something like that. It sounds something like, like, yeah. something like that. But I remember very distinctly, before I would even ask him um, to marry me, he had to be okay having kids because I knew that I wanted to have kids. And so I think one of the first conversations we had um, after moving in was, you know, what do you think about kids in your future? And he was hesitant at first. Wasn't crazy about the idea, but... Mm, true. <laughs> really? Yeah, totally. Yeah? Totally. Uh, but then uh, just talking about it, you know, mulling it over, I guess, in his head for a few months. Um, I think I, I brought it up a few more times afterward. What do you think now? And, what do you know, something like that. I don't remember exactly how it went, but I know we discussed it a few times. Um, and then finally, one day in the summer, he said, you know, he would be happy to have a kid um, with me. I love that the speed of which that all happened, it makes it sound like we were together for like eight months and you were like, what about kids? And I was like, wait, this is too soon. Wait. No, it was, no. It was one, <laughs> but it was one of my, it was definitely one of my, um, it was a priority. Yeah, you. it was definitely a priority and it was one of, it made a big deal. So if he said, no, I don't want to have kids and he insisted on that, I probably wouldn't have asked him to marry me. And from my understanding, yeah. you come from a big family, right? Um, so I am an only child myself. Okay. So but my parents are uh, from big families. Okay. Yeah, they both had large traditional Greek families. Yeah, and you're uh, all fa very family oriented. Very right? family oriented. Yes. Um, my my father's entire siblings they all live in Greece still. Uh, my mom's siblings all live here, so I grew up with them. Um, the ones here in America, I grew up with obviously almost every day, and the ones in Greece over the summers growing up. So we were very um, close. Uh, even though they lived, uh, you know, on the other side of the world, pretty much. Mm. Um, hmm. And John comes from a bigger family, though, too. His his siblings. That's, that's true. Like, yeah. That's true. Yeah. His mom's um, siblings and dad's siblings. Yeah. yeah. My mom has. My mom is one of nine. My dad is one of seven. Wow, I didn't um, know that. Big Irish Catholic family. Yeah. So I think at one point I counted and I had like twenty-eight cousins or something or. I don't even know how many it is now because, like, my cousins are now having babies and, like, we're in that wave right. of stuff. So we all, I grew up in the middle of nowhere away from all of them, but then, like, family gatherings were always, like, 50 people, at, mm. you know, just a barbecue, whatever. So right. um, he actually, Tony actually, his family has taught me a lot about just families in general. Like, distance doesn't really matter. You know, he's such, he, they're also family-oriented. It was kind of... I don't know if that's kind of what led me to wanting to have kids because the kid's going to be surrounded by so many people and so much love and like maybe smothered by it all. <laughs> <laughs> that it was easy for you to it was see a, yeah, adding that in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I guess 
that kind of uh, answers my second question, which was when did the conversation begin hmm. to want to be parents and have you always wanted to have children? So I guess on your side of it, you were hesitant. Did you think about it, you know, in, even before you met Tony, did you think about ever having kids or? Sure, sure. But, you know, so I had I had a great childhood. It was totally beautiful. Um, so it wasn't anything about that, but it's like I'm an actor. And so the instability of all of that just didn't coincide with wanting to. It wasn't even that I didn't want to pursue having a family. It was just sort of like. You just never know if it's possible. I literally, think, right? that's exactly what it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like I can't even foresee making that work, you know, at the time it was like running to ECCs. I mean, I was subletting my apartment, living with my boyfriend at the time. And it was like, where does a child fit fit in? in? Where does a dog fit in, let alone a child? So, um, I didn't even have a dog. So like that really, it all kind of came into fruition. It all kind of developed with our relationship by my change of heart, my change of mind came with because uh, I didn't even want to get married, and here I am w- having a husband and yeah. <laughs> uh, having a kid, you know? So, I well, to be yeah. fair, I, I wanted to have kids, but only because with John that I wanted to even thought about, like, actually pursuing children. Right. Um, so I knew that there was something there more stable in our future. Right. And so that's why I even asked them about children. Yeah, we, like, found it with each other. Yeah, for sure. Because independently, it didn't make a lot of sense. But no. then together, it was like, oh, this thing. I get it, I get it now. Yeah. I get it now. I love that. So. so if we can then just just take us through the journey. So when you made that decision and it was the right time, I'll jump in. I'm sh- I know I will with questions. <laughs> Whenever you it, want. It just always, I, I have them. But um, just take us through the journey of when you decided, okay, we're ready, this is what we're going to do, and what did that all look like? Um, it actually was sort of, it was a bit spontaneous. Um, we had talked about it. We had talked about the route we were going to do. We had compared adoption versus surrogacy, and um, we had landed on surrogacy, but then kind of didn't know what that meant. And so one day I just <clears throat> went online and found this agency in Boston, and they were having kind of like an open call in New York. And so... It was a meet and greet. It was a meet and greet. Exactly the right. founders. Yeah. They, they come <clears throat> here, they rent out a, a, a space in a New York hotel, and you go and you sit with them and they give you the rundown. Like, this is what our agency will do, these are the fees, this is the process, and it's entirely overwhelming. Um, There's a lot of information. There's a lot of information that, that they cram into but, like one afternoon. But you get a folder, take home, and you read it. You get a folder. And you, and you think about it. <laughs> we sat on that uh, folder for a year? No, that's not true. Well, nine months? Yes. No, yeah. we, wow. we, we sat on the folder after, le- well, we didn't actually sit on it. We <laughs> mulled it over in our heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything sounded great. I think it was, sure. the, it was the path we decided we were going to go through. And was that, did you at that point look for other companies or were you just like this sounds good and and how did you just make that decision and trust it so we did talk to some other friends who had done surrogacy and their impressions with the agencies they worked with as well um some of them didn't have or their agencies didn't um were out of business Mm -hmm. um another one had looked at our agency but decided that because he was a lawyer himself he could do a lot of the work Mm. that they were able to do 
Um, Which I probably, if one of us was a lawyer, we would have done maybe done in the right. same. Yeah, yeah. And then the another third couple that we asked, their surrogacy agency was in California. So then, logistically, we thought maybe having someone closer, closer would yeah. make sense. In the end, though, it turns out everything is just done through emails, Online and I'm like, yeah. So it didn't really matter at the end. But uh, I think we like the fact that we got to meet uh, the founders and you know talk to them and just really hashed it out for, uh, it was over an hour that we were sitting there in that hotel lobby and oh, for sure. hotel room and talking. So um, we were just very comfortable with them Good. and their approach. So um, we decided we were going to go through surrogacy, but then we had just gotten married. Mm-hmm. It was literally January after, it was three months after we'd gotten married, mm-hmm. where we sat down with them. Wow. And so we decided, well, we're not in a terrible rush. Maybe we'll just, you know, yeah, wait a little while. Yeah. Um, and then so we waited a year. Because they spell it out that, like, the whole process should take 18 months, right? Like, mm-hmm. you sure. know, from, from starting. Ideally, yeah. Ideally. But they told us, ideally, this is what happens. But, right. of course, there's always, you know, right. things so we that were can like, happen. We're in no rush. We'll, bl- we'll blink and have a kid, and it'll yeah. be super easy. All right. Because we didn't know <laughs> anything. Um, so I think that's why we didn't kind of scramble to start immediately, either, right? right? No, immediately. for sure. Um, so we sat on it for, like you said, for about a year. Yeah. Um, when we finally signed the documents and uh, sent them over to Boston, because you can't actually execute the contract here in New York because it's not um, legal here, the surrogacy contracts. Oh. And so we sent the you paperwork. Mean any? Yes, you can't have uh, you can't have a surrogacy contract executed in New York because surrogacy wow. itself is, is not, not legal. legal. In the yeah, state. the actual. The actual contract. New every day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, oh it was close. Goodness. It was close to this legislative session that just passed us to actually come into uh, to come law, and uh, but it wasn't at the end of the day. It wasn't brought up for a vote, so wow. we'll have to wait another year. Had to just drive uh, a couple miles. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, oh well. Okay. So in any case, uh, we executed the contract a year later, and then you know the process began, and then everything sort of unraveled afterwards for a while for yeah. us. So we had to, so we, the agency we worked with is like a concierge kind of agency. They handle everything. So mm. we needed to find an egg donor first and then you have to like a fertility clinic, a after. fertility clinic first, as well. Actually. Oh, that was first, right? That was first. So the, the egg donor, the, that kind of all happened together with the yeah. fertility clinic actually. Yeah. So you end up like interviewing these fertility clinics all through, you know, online like Skype interviews or whatever and so we picked one in Los Angeles just because his success rates were great so it was really just based on that and we liked the conversation yeah he was great he was frank and so this concierge agency Mm -hmm. then provided you with options and based on the options you had the interviews and then got it yes exactly and they also um, had egg donors available and then ultimately also surrogates available for us to choose from you can go to them if you have your own individuals for this type of thing. Um, but, you know, they can also provide um, all the people necessary. True. Yeah. Because yeah. well, we came helpful. in without. Yeah. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we, once we found the fertility clinic, we, you basically scroll. It's like, it's kind of like online profiles, like dating. Yeah. <laughs> you literally go through these profiles that you've been provided of egg donors and you it's very much like that that's how you screen them it's their photos it's their medical history and things like that and photo yeah you know a lot things, of photos, a lot of photos yeah. just a lot of like you know 
you know, the most interesting part was their like childhood photos. So it's like the egg donor <laughs> when she was a baby. So you know what? Maybe your Maybe baby would look like. Right. <laughs> exactly. I, it blew my mind when I saw that. I didn't realize yeah, that would wouldn't. probably be something that would be interesting for people to know. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't think about that. No, That's not so at funny. all. Yeah. <laughs> but what we actually had to do, what I forgot about, is that we had to make our own profile. We had to sort of mm. write this like statement about ourselves and about our life and you know, pictures of us as well, because when, when we select them, they also select us. Kind of so like an online dating it's situation. It's so bizarre, right? Yeah, they have exactly. to say like, okay, I'm cool Everyone with this has couple. to say yes, yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of like filling out that profile too, because you're like, you want to sound like interesting, but not crazy. Right. <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> so it's just trying to like put your best foot forward. Um, so we got matched with an egg donor who was wonderful and she was you know we had a couple of things we were looking for weirdly like we wanted somebody tall we don't you know it was like random uh random like attributes we were just sort of looking for um was there anything else besides that uh well originally i wanted someone with some that maybe had some sort of greek descent oh that's right Right. um it was kind of important to me ultimately it wasn't because she is the farthest thing from any Greek. <laughs> she's super Irish. She's super Irish, red hair, pale skin. Oh yeah. my gosh. Blue eyes. I mean, she's beautiful. Blue eyes. Beautiful, like, absolutely yeah. beautiful, yes. There was something weird. She had like an ancestry DNA, maybe something done right, like right. that. And it said like 13% Greek. So I asked her, I'm like, do you know if there's like anyone in your family who's still in touch with that Greek part? She's like, I'm not Greek. I'm like, <laughs> but your profile. She's like, ah, it's just like a DNA thing that yeah. they did, they sent in. She's like, it's not... All my family's from Ireland and England. And I'm yeah. like, okay. They'll, <laughs> be, uh, they'll okay. be Greek by induction. Of, Absolutely. Uh, literally. Yeah. Absolutely. Be like, well, that's okay. This yeah. little Irish baby running around speaking Greek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got matched with her. We went through that whole process. We had sort of, um, we had some setbacks when it came to uh, making embryos and such. Because she gave us a really nice amount of eggs to work with. And so we decided, this whole journey, we were like, we're going to go for twins um, on the first go, put in two embryos, and hope we get two uh, babies at the end. And so we took half of her eggs each. We fertilized them with our our DNA and did that whole thing. And then, you know, there's like ways they can sort of intervene and sort of directly inject sperm into egg or they can just let it kind of marry itself in a dish kind of thing um and so they did a little bit of both with us and so um, did you have a say over that or it was just like i mean kind of a little bit of a setback with that because it, it we got an email from the doctor the day he was unfreezing um our sperm he wanted to let us know if it would be okay if he actually performed this procedure to marry the where he like sperm directly implants the sperm yeah. into the egg to and have I a better shot. Doing that procedure would make it more of a guarantee, quote unquote. Or I don't know what. Technically, it's more technically, invasive. Yeah, it's it's a more invasive and yeah. it's a little bit less of sort of natural selection type right. thing. Uh-huh. So it's like if the sperm and egg couldn't meet on their own, maybe they weren't intended to actually join. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the, we don't know what the stats are when it comes to like, you know, yeah. whether it creates more healthy embryos. It may create more embryos, but they may not, they may not be, you know, genetically. Yeah. It was just, it had to do with the mobility of our sperm. Yeah. Right. Um, and so mine wasn't great. 
So the email asked, and it was an email, which I don't know why it was in a phone call. (laughs) The email asked. It was like a panicked email. Kind of an urgent email. And they're in California, and it's like we have a time difference. So when they're emailing us first thing in the morning, I'm at lunch at work, and so I didn't see it immediately. Uh, Finally, I saw the email maybe half hour after he sent it, and he had like a deadline because obviously once you unfreeze the the sperm and the eggs, you have to act fast. Um, So I... Emailed him the second I, I found it, and I said, you know, if anything like this happens, please call me immediately. But yes, use the procedure. You know, obviously, we, we want the eggs to be fertilized, so just do whatever you have to. Sean's sperm was very mobile, and so he didn't uh, use the procedure on Sean's. Um, it was part of the contract, so I don't know why he wouldn't just use it on everyone, but I guess yeah. there are reasons. Um, so he didn't use it, and at the end of the day... I think I walked away with six fertilized. Something like nine to start. Was it nine? Yeah, it was nine. Yeah, nine, something like that. Because then they do testing and they they Mm. whittle them down. But he started with nine, and I only had one. Wow. From my, like, champion sperm. Right. Down to one embryo, and all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, what are the odds that... Because what they do is they let the embryo mature to five days, and then they genetically screen it for... um, uh, and Impure, Down's, yeah, yeah, Down's Down's syndrome or whatever can right. come up. They go yeah. ac- across the they board. They check with the that. chromosomes yeah. to make sure that um, that everything is okay with the embryos. Right. So at the end of the day, I think I was left with three, three, and I my one made, uh, it, all helped, made it all the way through. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess it is type of one of the things like if the sperm is meant to meet the egg, I guess it did. Like right. there's something there's something really that, strong about it. And then at That's that point, great. did you just did both of you just put them kind of, for lack of a better word, in a basket and say, like, whichever one hits and works, works, or... So we, 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 tried to, we tried to, like, put some mystery in there, being like, oh, you know, look at the strongest ones. And the doctor was like, no, there's no mystery. You pick which ones you want. And we're like, yeah. okay, great. As, as far as gender. As far as gender that was, and stuff That was like actually that. In, the, in the first conversation we had with the doctor. Yeah, there's no um, mystery when it comes to... Right, because he, he knew from the start we wanted to implant two embryos. They said, are you looking for boys or girls or one in one? And we said, oh, just the healthiest ones. And he flat out was like, no, you tell me what you want because right. that's what. Oh, because we'll... he had to actually pick. Well, that's the Absolutely, thing. At the right. end of the day, if Sean had more than one embryo and, you know, they were both strong and one was a girl and one was a boy, well, what would you want? Um, so he didn't want to have to make that decision. For he, you. Yeah, he I wanted see. us to make it. Right. So um, we decided after everything was said and done we would try for two boys, um, which was Sean's one embryo and then one of my three. Right. Oh, I see. So you put one of both. That's yes. Right. We Got wanted, it. yeah, gestational twins. Got it. Is what we were trying to get. Yeah. Uh, so then, well, basically... Well, that was actually... that If we just fast forward it, I was like just going to say... A year and a half. So, like... <laughs> right. we, we once can go we, back. Reverse, reverse. <laughs> <laughs> once we had the embryos made and they were genetically screened and they were, they were classified as healthy, they go in the freezer. Because then... We wait for the surrogate. We have to get matched with a surrogate. Because they right. actually... They wouldn't match us with a surrogate until we had our embryos ready. Because you get matched with a surrogate and, frankly things should move right away. So if you're not ready for them, they don't want to match you because, you know, it's even in the surrogate's best interest that they're kind of like looking to do this now. Maybe it's a good time in their life to completely... But that's also a a choice that we wanted to do. We thought it was okay and the doctor recommended that it wouldn't be an issue to freeze the embryos. You can do fresh transfers and where you try to get your egg donor and your surrogate 
you know, um, obviously in line. synced, up, yeah, yeah, synced yeah. up at the same time and you can do a fresh transfer. But we decided on advice from the doctor and reading things on our own that uh, it's a frozen transfer. It could be just, just as successful. Yeah. And probably as not transfer. as stressful and time restrictive and all exactly. of that as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because so, with the freezing, they can unfreeze and it's like on her best hour of this right. weekend, we're going to implant them. And so uh-huh. you're, I mean, the numbers are pretty much the same whether it's fresh or frozen. So, at so least then how did you explained. go about finding a surrogate? So same kind of idea. We got Through profiles. Concierge. Concierge well. place, yeah, same place. Same agency. Um, and yeah, we looked for people and then, oh, no, scratch that. What am I even saying? Totally wrong. They oh, have right. our profile. Yeah. It's been so long. They, they have our profile and we have criteria like, that we ask for. We have criteria. The first time we looked, we wanted her to be close by if possible so that we Driving could just hop distance. in the car. Yeah. Um, and so they reach out to you when they've matched you with someone. And so she gets her, did she get our profile first? Yes. 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 She gets her profile first and make sure it's okay. And then we have 24 hours to decide if we like her profile and if we're okay moving forward with her. And without speaking to her, it's just reading about her profile, whether we'd want to go forward and then you get to talk to her. Right. So the first one we got matched with was like, I think it was almost like two or three months after we had the egg. It was pretty quickly, yeah. Um, and I think part of it was it was very fast, and we thought it'd be a little longer. Sure. But at the same time, we weren't crazy about just her... She was going through a divorce at the time, so it was family life to us. It seemed stressful. Stressful, yeah. Yeah, and so we didn't think it was a great match for us. And so we passed on the first uh, surrogate. And then it took like another three months after getting the egg. So now mm-hmm. we're now we're over like almost a year into it, right? Almost yeah. a year into it. Yeah. And we were matched with the second one who was in Rhode Island. And I thought that was great. It was pretty close by. Right. Um, we can get to her easily. Sean's family in New Hampshire could get to her easily too, just if she needed help or if she needed something. Or um, I think... In the beginning, we thought we'd be a lot more um, involved in sort of a almost a day-to-day, week-to-week kind of thing with mm-hmm. the surrogate. Um, like we had very grand plans, I guess, in the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. How how much involved we were going to be. But at the same time, we knew she had to be sort of autonomous on her own. Right. In any case, so we um, went with the second surrogate um, who came from a family of like, she had four other kids, I think. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like a stable household and you know, everything seemed great. So we decided to go with her. And so then she gets sent to California to our fertility clinic to get tested, to make sure that she's okay to, uh, carry kids. Um, everything is okay in her system. And throughout this whole process, is this all covered on like a basis that you pay this concierge service or are you paying for her travel and you're paying for all of that stuff? There is a, so our agency asks for two lump sums, one in the beginning when you sign on and one after you have your transfer of embryos. But if you run out of money somewhere in between, right. yes, you have to give them more money. But so, some, so everything, so yeah, so nothing is covered. Right. Yeah. So some n- of it in the beginning is supposed to kind of cover those initial. Yes, of course. Steps. Yeah. Yes. So you know, flying them to 
California and, you know, getting tested and then their, their hotel, their stay with the uh, many medications they take, all that sort of covered in our lump sum payment in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But as, you know, later on, we had to go through it, find a, se- a third surrogate to actually go through with the process, we incurred the same costs again. More, and, right. Um, they've left enough of a cushion there to cover that, which was pretty good, I think. Yeah. Um, so we weren't, like, hit with another bill. But if there we had to go to yet another surrogate afterwards, we yes. probably would have had to, um, so, you know, give them more money yeah. towards those expenses. Okay, so sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, it's so fine. Yeah. So to, she goes to California. She goes to California, and the, the doctor... Um, Gave her medication to sort of uh, check her lining around her. It, she went out during her period, so just to check her, I guess her lining and, her and how lining, yeah. yeah, how everything was, and that her numbers weren't great. So she had gone through. Um, it was an IUD that she had uh, to um, stop from having children. Uh, while you know she was she was married, but she didn't want any more children, so she had an IUD placed in her. And the IUD had to be removed, so we had to wait three months, and then she went to California mm-hmm. to get to get uh, tested by the doctor. And her lining wasn't great, and apparently we find out afterwards from everyone that there are some cases where a woman's lining takes more time to sort of regenerate after having an IUD in for mm-hmm. a while. Uh, and so the doctor gave her some medication to have sort of a false pregnancy so sort of her body would see how her body would react perhaps if there's actually an embryo inside the uterine lining would get stronger so there's some sort of medication to give her this false pregnancy well kind of i mean it's they give her like a mock it's called a mock trial right and like the way that it works is that they give her the same pills they would give her or all the shots that they would give her if she was about to go into a transfer so they just Mm. do it and then she flies back to california at the moment of transfer, that's not really happening to see if her uterine lining has really like become right. supple and recouped and all that stuff. Um, so that was a that month was she did four, the, yeah, the so month. that was four months later. So after four months later, coming, yeah, because she had to get out of the IUD and then she had to start that. And right. then she goes back. She went back to California and her numbers still weren't great. And she really was on a lot of hormones, so it should have been much it just really should have been much it's been a thicker line thicker, yeah. at that point and you know the doctor was pretty blunt with us and he said you know we we're talking about a surrogate um if this was like a woman who you know was trying to get pregnant on her own we'd probably move forward with it it's perfectly within um normal range right it's on the lower end of normal but it's in the normal range um but you're going through a surrogate you should probably look for someone the with better numbers. Yeah, with better right. numbers. Yeah, especially since we wanted to have uh, two uh, embryos uh, implanted, and so we then had to pass um, on a second surrogate. And so ne- at that point, we were a year into the since when we had signed. Right. And so at this point, too, like, I mean, I know just from talking to you a little bit throughout the time, hmm. but how how much do you let your heart kind of open and your mind dream or did you kind of try as much as you could to just this is a business transaction until it was like complete you know i mean how do you you protect yourself we had we had skype conversations you know with her the whole three months that yeah her her husband the whole three months we were waiting for the iud period to lapse and then the fourth month 
um, while she was getting the medication. So for four months, we were in communication with these people, assuming in our heads that we were going to move forward and they were going to be, you know, this, she was going to be the vessel for our two children. Well, and, and you so, probably created a relationship too, it sounds yes, like, yeah, to feel it, comfortable. So. Yeah, you try to establish some kind of rapport and some, I mean, it was bizarre because nothing had happened. We were doing a lot of waiting, but we were like waiting together. And so it was <laughs> like, what is your family up to? Like, it was just kind of just like feeling each other out yeah. while all, all this was happening. And then what's sad is at the end of it, it feels just a little bit like a breakup because yeah. you're both, trying to move forward in this thing and you know for whatever reason you know people sign up to be a surrogate it's obviously a very personal reason and so for us it's obviously a very personal experience and so it was sort of um a little hard and it really feels like a breakup and it was like sorry that this has to happen but for us there was really just no question we couldn't take the what we felt like was a risk and so that was sort of just over kind and ended we the back relationship to, altogether. Uh, yeah. It ended very abruptly, yeah. yes. Uh, um, and so we went back to the drawing board, reached out to the agency again, and they were like, okay. And it took... It took another three, four, months, three, four, three months, four months. At least four months, probably, wow. before we were matched with somebody new um, who were happy to say us a surrogate we have now. Oh, um, but that was also a process, too. That was also so. a process, yeah. So she flies out to L.A. to get tested by the doctor. The same sort of situation as before. Same That's situation, right. yes. Yeah. Right. She still has to get examined. Um, she's only had one other child in the past. One of the underlying things, any surrogate has to have uh, a natural birth in the past and has to be okay with not having any more children. So she had only had one, which is good, obviously, but not great. The other one had had four before and everything went smoothly. And so, you kind of assume after four, like, she's done. She knows she's what's like, yeah. <laughs> But she also knows what she's doing, right? right? Exactly. So it's, right. it's great. I mean, these were four, and they were older children, too. So it's like, great. She knows what to do you know, to, one, when she's pregnant. Maybe a little more risky. Very new, yeah. yeah. And also her one was, on, was only two at the time. Two and change, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she was a very new mother. Um, so she flies out to California. Uh, she gets tested. Everything seems okay with her. She... For her, um, she had her tubes tied, and so she didn't have an IUD. So there was no issue about waiting three months. It was just literally blood tests, checking her during her cycle, make sure everything was okay. Her lining was great. We were sort of set to move forward in the summer. And then we get a, a call from the surrogacy agency that they forgot to check her for chickenpox. Oh and she, for the antibodies of chickenpox. You know. right. right. And so she <laughs> needed to go and get tested at a pharmacy or doctor's office somewhere. Literally anywhere, like run and the CVS. And just get tested yeah. oh so they can gosh. have the results of that. Chicken pox. Chicken pox, <laughs> yeah. Um, turns out she had no antibodies for chicken pox, which means she may have never gotten the vaccine and never actually gotten sick from right. chicken pox herself. Otherwise, once you get sick, you have the You're antibodies. Done. If you got, got the it. vaccine, yeah. you'll also have the antibodies, so there's no fear. But she had nothing in her system. And she calls us and tells us something like I can't believe my parents never gave me the vaccine (laughs) she's furious at her parents I'm like well you know maybe these things happen they fall through the cracks it's not that important you know after a certain age I think in most major places it wasn't really that common to get chicken pox so perhaps 
Um, it just was never occurred to our, her doctors or to so her So did family. she need to run out and get the chicken pox So the vaccine? chicken pox vaccine <laughs> is a lengthy process as well. Oh, my right. God. So it, it, it comes in two parts. So you get your first shot, and then after several weeks, you get a booster shot. And then after several weeks, you get tested. Now, usually after the first test, your body will start um, showing signs of uh, having some sort of the antibodies developing. Mm -hmm. So they can go ahead with the second booster shot, but they can even move ahead with the the transfer while she has a second yeah. booster oh. shot. We didn't have to wait the whole time period because they knew it's developing in her body anyway, and it would be yeah. fine. She um, tested negative for before the second booster shot. So she had to get the second booster shot and we had to wait 30 days again for them to test her blood again to see if the antibodies um, developed. Turns out, after two months, she happens to be one of those fraction of the people who just are, just cannot process the um, vaccine. And so the vaccine does nothing for her. And so that's she's why like her body is like yeah, immune, she's immune to, the to the vaccine. Her body wipes out the chickenpox, no. literally. And, and so her body does not process the vaccine for chickenpox. And so that's why she would never be able to get uh, the antibodies in her system. And now at this day and age, I don't, I don't even know this. Like, a, a baby has to have a vaccine? How Apparently, that... it's very detrimental for pregnant a pregnant woman, woman yeah. to get the chicken pox. Oh, I see. So I it's see. about getting it in utero. Because, you know, once you have kids, it's like when in the 80s... Like, with, right. when our friends would have kids, or our friends would have chicken pox, yeah. like, our parents would put us near them to get chicken pox so then we're immune. To, exactly. So you know what I mean? get it and then get it over with. Yeah, yeah, get it and get it over with. And, like, that was, like, the thing to do. I can't so. believe that was, that was the thing. <laughs> so just, like, setback after setback. But. But so, so, yeah, so then at that point, we're a good six months that we are making small talk with this woman and her family and her two-year-old adorable son. Uh, making small talk because... And still not knowing whether we are actually going to go through with, go through with her because of her numbers at the end, because they have to check. Um, but again, it's like, going back to your previous thought, it's like, you still want to communicate with this person exactly. and build something. And what's remarkable about her is that, I mean, I can't say enough, she's like, curious about us and like, open mm. with her life and shares with us and just as like, inquisitive and curious, she calls herself nosy. <laughs> but like I think it's I think it's wonderful. The conversation flowed a lot easier. It was so it was so yeah. Well, and that's wonderful. helpful too because I'm sure you guys would want to know that about her, but I could see that some surrogates might be on the other side of that where they might maybe not want that relationship. They might just want to be a vessel and call it a day. I can understand yes. that, yeah. mm -hmm. but it's really nice for you two to have that. Yeah, relationship. it was. Yeah, I think it was important to us, and I, it made us at ease having such um, easy conversations with her and such open conversations about her and her family and about ours, so that we ended up not having to be so hands on, and not being so worried about everything that goes on in her day to day life. You know, she's obviously carrying our child, but we're not always going to be involved in her day-to-day -day activity. Mm -hmm. Oh, and oh my God, the first thing she showed up with was like a binder. 
And I was like, I'm obsessed with you. You're so or- <laughs> like she's more organized than the two of yeah. us put together. She That's had a binder. Like, this is my surrogacy binder. Out. This is my journey. And I was like, okay, great. Then all of a sudden it was like <laughs> exhale, shoulders down. Yeah. yeah she was, was yeah. So wow. when she when she showed up in LA for the transfer, we were there as well. Um, that we was were, our first time meeting. The too. first time meeting in person. Both and she and her husband were there. Yeah, yeah. we were excited about it. It was, it was a quick uh, three-day trip, really. Mm-hmm. Um, got there the day before, then the day of the transfer. I mean, we had dinner the day before. The day of the transfer, she do it early in the morning, and then she's pretty much just kind of lays low for the rest of the day until she leaves two days later. Literally bed rest. Bed she's rest. Not allowed to mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, bed rest for two days was the doctor's recommendation for her, and you know, two days later she left. We left the day before them, but it was nice to have that time, that you know, that face to face with them, and a couple of meals with them before you know we we left again. That must have been a little nerve wracking. That that it, first initial visit. I mean, right? I so you had Tony had dinner with them on Sunday. I was performing in another state, so I flew red eye. Monday morning, rolled into Beverly Hills, (laughs) and like, we, I don't know, we like met at the office, and then we um, took a walk, remember we like sat outside of some building, we just like walked down the street, and then like walked back, but it was all before the transfer or whatever, like that was our first, kind of a park, yeah, we kind of, that was our first interaction, you came that morning, I came that morning, I I was there the night before, I had dinner with them, yeah, Um, we got to talking, and then that morning you showed up, and... Uh, we just went for a, a walk. We literally did. We sat outside of this building in a park, and then we walked back. It was <laughs> very... But it wasn't also uncomfortable yeah. either, and no. that was a relief as yeah, well. Yeah, it was also very exciting, I think, for everyone involved, and yeah. so that helped yeah. the situation and had the conversation flow smoothly that way. So uh, she has the transfer. She flies back to Virginia, and then she gets tested... 12, 12 days. 12 days later. 12 days later. Um, and just we a regular regular pregnancy test. Uh-huh. Just like find out if she's pregnant. And she was. She was, yes. And then, uh, very exciting news for us. Uh, yeah. But then there's the first sonogram they do, right? The it ultrasound. Was, yeah, and that happened in January. So we had transfer like the week before Thanksgiving. Find out, oh, basically, no, sorry. The week of Thanksgiving was the transfer. The next week was the pregnancy test. And then it was like a waiting game because right. they do, there's numbers. I wish I knew what the numbers were, but like there's numbers and if they're really high, it could like indicate that it's twins. And so they were really high. And so we got very excited that like both embryos had taken and she's young and her uterine lining was like very thick. And so we thought like all signs point to we are successfully having twins. So we've, now we've done this. Now at this point too, were you pretty much confident, like, she's pregnant, we're good? Or I know how, you know, in a regular woman just getting pregnant on her own, they tend to wait the first trimester, the first three months, to really notify anybody. Were you nervous about those first three months, or were you just like, we're pregnant, it's great, you know? <laughs> I was no, nervous. You were, you we're, were just more, yeah, more focusing cogn- on the twins, or were you kind of like... Well, we're uh, cognizant of that, that anything can happen in the first, you know, first trimester, of course especially when it's so early on in a pregnancy. And so I don't think we told anyone um, except a few very close friends that we were even going to uh, California for this. But otherwise, right, right. family didn't know. We didn't, we didn't want to dash anyone's hopes. It's really. funny. I was, on, I was on tour, and I kept sneaking out of company flights to the next city. So, like, the company manager was on to me. So, like, she knew. 
like my mother didn't know. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. very like functional. Who knew? Yeah, exactly. Um, and our friends who were watching the dog, they knew. Because they I knew. believe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. It was like very so it was much very small, close, close to the chest. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I, we came back in January, January 8th, we went for the first ultrasound, ultrasound yeah. which is where you find out if you have twins or if you have one. And so we were very excited that we really thought we had, we had twins and, uh, we go and we have one, we have a singleton pregnancy, which is wonderful. Um, but like the weirdest it was like the weirdest like punch in the gut. Yeah. 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 And it's almost like we had to, we were so excited, of course, that, you know, we were pregnant, but also that we kind of had to mourn the expectation of what we were in our heads. Like, this is definitely going to be this. And we are definitely, and everything we is definitely definite. planning for two. Yeah. And they pretty much kind of tell you that if you go through the steps in the way that you did, that it was high probability that you would. There was always is. a chance, yeah. There was yeah. something like 80-something percent. You uh-huh. know, they tell you. It's, I don't think it's a guarantee ever in life, right? So um, it's we like knew you, that there would be a chance that it wouldn't it happen. A, right. Yeah. Um, Basically, it's like if you put in two embryos, you're like 98 to 99%, you're going to get one. Right. But it is like 80-something percent. But we're like, no, this is going to be great because, you know, everything. So um, that was us driving. We drove to Virginia. It was a very kind of quiet ride back quiet six hours home because it was really exciting and what's amazing is that our surrogate was the one who was like guys this is good news like this is really good news and we're like it is great news you know but we had to kind of reconcile the kind of good news it was yeah if that makes any sense yeah honestly it it feels self I, I, I hate saying it because it does feel selfish at times I understand but at the same time it's like anything else I mean you just think and you dream and you expect and you plan and you right. put all of this time and all of this money and all of this, you know, I mean, uh, unless you wanted to go through the whole thing again, this could potentially be your only opportunity. And so this was your thought. So totally. I understand that. And, totally. you know, it, you have to validate just as much as it's hard that it's also wonderful, but that it is still hard. And Absolutely. that's okay. It Absolutely. can be. But um, we snapped out of that pretty quickly. We did. I that think, was yeah. like a day. <laughs> that, was, that was our day. It was the ride home, and then we're like, this home. is amazing. And then, yeah, then we just yeah. started getting excited about, you know, having a son. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. preparing yeah. for that. And then when we tell people, and how long should we wait? And we literally started counting the days, and when <laughs> we should be able to tell everyone that, right. um, that we're expecting. And then his cousin got news that she's expecting. And so I'm like, well, now we can't piggyback off that. We have to wait a good it's her two day. months. It's right, yeah, right, right, right. Oh a good gosh. two months before we announce anything. Right. <laughs> and so uh, I will say that I was nervous until 24 weeks because I had listened to this podcast on This American Life uh-huh. called 23 and a Half Weeks like years ago and it just resonated in the back of my brain. So I like wanted to get to 24. Like it meant... Something's it's like medical yeah. viability, but also like, I don't know. It just was a, uh, we didn't do anything until then. Truly. Like we didn't, we didn't prep anything. We just kind of like existed with this kind of information, in information in the background. Yeah. Like everything's happening, but like, we're not going to do anything concrete to move forward. And then truly we waited until very, we waited until like May to, to like, do a nursery and kind of do things like that. We didn't even touch any of that. 
Um, well, I didn't tell my parents till June. That's true. You didn't tell <laughs> your parents till June. Yeah. Uh, and I literally now, don't, go ahead. Oh, I literally told them, I think, like, the last week in May. I think when we started the nursery is when I decided to tell them, because my parents are very nervous people, and I didn't want to get them all anxious this whole yeah. time. Yeah, so I think I told them at the end of May, mm-hmm. yeah, is when yeah. I told them. And now the baby is due. They're super excited. My mom is begging to come with us, and I'm like, no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. We are, what, two weeks and six days away. Yes. Oh, my God, I didn't realize <laughs> It's, like, that. real soon. There's, like, a, I get a daily email on this other app, oh and it's, God. like, literally two weeks and six days. But that's August, what? August 7th. August 7th. Oh, my God, days. I didn't yeah. realize it was that close, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we literally have been, like, oh. all of a sudden, we tore apart the apartment, downsized, I repainted, we set up, we set up, uh, cribs, <laughs> car seats were like ready. It was like zero to one hundred. Living in, we were literally up to maybe two weeks ago, living in boxes, little baby boxes of stuff everywhere, for the baby everywhere. Yeah, and we finally like organized that and got it ready and got it together. Have the go bag ready. Oh have my go god, bag. Yeah, we have yeah. yeah. And she's where? Just south of DC. Okay, About so you'll just jump in the car when when you need. We're gonna go uh, probably three or four days ahead of her due date. I mean, okay. anything can happen between now and then, right. but we figure we give ourselves a little bit of a cushion, we'll go there on four days before her due date, and hopefully be able to be there you know, at that time. And now, did you ever, throughout this, consider giving up? Did it ever even cross your mind? Or was it just... I don't think so. Giving up? No, I don't think so. I mean, even um, when we had just one pregnancy one confirmed pregnancy. Um, it, the difficult part of that was because Sean only had one embryo and I had two more to go. So if we had lost one of mine, we still had two more if we decided to continue. Um, but Sean, we would have to go through the process again with the egg donor if we wanted to do uh, sort of any biological tie right. together with the, another embryo. It's so interesting because in the beginning, you're like, oh, I don't care. You know, healthy kid's a healthy kid. And really, we don't. But because we've had interesting roadblocks that have kind of thrown things around, it's like thrown my insides around, too. Like, I have so many feelings about, like, what that, like, what a biological connection means Mm. that I never had before. Right. Because I'm being... Faced forced with, to make these decisions. Exactly. I'm right. being forced to deal with it. The doctor is telling you, pick a male, pick a female. Right. So, okay, uh, right. I guess I have to make the decision. And it's like, well, one's going to be yours, one's going to be yours. Does it matter? No, of course not. And now it's like, well, now we only have one, but we don't know whose it is. Does it matter? And it's like, well, no, it really doesn't. But, like, why am I having feelings? Right. <laughs> because it really doesn't. Like, it's just, it's, maybe it's just my nesting thing. I've literally, like, scrubbed every piece of this house and yeah. had every emotion on the, under the sun while doing so. So, like, I don't know if I'm And just... then during our podcast, I spill water on your rug, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, great, now it has just a disease in it for just a baby. Water, just oh. water, just water, it's fine. Um, yeah. but, gonna... no, but, but, sorry, just to, no. to go back to the question, I don't think at any point after we signed those papers did we think, you know, we're not going to go through with this. No, no. Yeah. Till the end, you know, even if we have just one embryo at the end to go with, we're going to still keep trying. And so mm-hmm. we had gone through the first surrogate, we'd gone through the second surrogate, and we're just like, if we have to go through a third, we will. Yeah. I don't think that after we had those embryos made, I don't think there was anything that was going to stop us from exhausting all our opportunities to have a child. Yeah, it like never came up. I to, it to it never came up, yeah. yeah. 
And will you continue your conversation and communication with your carrier? How does that all work? Yeah, it's... So that's all stuff you, like, kind of... So she gets to say whether she wants to or not, whether she wants to know the baby, whether she wants to the keep in touch. The egg donor as well, though. That's, egg donor. That's oh, one, of the, one, of yeah. the, one of the things that the agency does ahead of time in their profiles is they disclose to you what they've answered to these questions. Do they want to be in contact in the future? Is it okay to contact them? And so both our egg donor and our surrogate were yes. We said yes. And I think that also kind of helped us decide on you know, going forward with both of them, we did want to our children to have the opportunity to meet who their biological mother is. Um, and obviously the surrogate we've gotten to know now for over a year and her family. And so we do want to sort of keep that tie as well, if we can, you know, yeah. for the long term. And I think it'll, you know, I don't know that it'll be constant contact, but it'll be I mean, she's basically kind of an extension of like the family. Relative. She's yeah. basically yeah. a relative. This is exactly yeah. right. So, you know, it's about milestones and holidays and just, you know, keeping up with her regular life. I mean, she's just a one... She's a... Obviously, she's giving us this gift, but, like, she's also awesome yeah. as a person. Really and cool so to it's just like, yeah. yeah, she's just cool to know. And I, you know, um, that she's open to talking to us is wonderful. And I'm, like, curious about her life so we and hope the, so and the egg donor as well have you been in contact with her telling her about all of the we haven't we were going to do that once no. we had something once we had stone. a baby yeah. um we're going to reach out to her and just be like this is what's happened you know great yeah. uh, obviously a thank you and things like that because you know uh, for me it's like you never know what these women come into this thinking they're going to do but like they're literally changing our lives. Right. And so I feel like they need to know that, you know, what the result of that was, what the result right. of their time and their energy and their health. Exactly. Um, what it was. Have you decided to tell your little boy that you're going to have in like two weeks? Um, the story of his birth and from day one, be very open about that. Have you, is that, a, is that an answer for another podcast day? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I will say that, like, every... Well, I think one of the easy... I think it's actually an easy question sure. to answer because yeah. clearly, you know, none of us were pregnant. Right. <laughs> so clearly he had to have come from somewhere else. Right. Um, and so I think from the very beginning, we're going to be very open with him yeah. about how it all transpired. And we have small, like, clips of the past, you know, three years that we've gone through this. Mm -hmm that we've saved, you know, photos and just oh, milestone cool. dates and just pictures from ultrasounds and kind of stuff you keep. Oh, that um, can be like so, emotional. That's really sweet. That's the, that's the kind of nice. stuff that we'll, of course, share with him and, and have for him. So when he grows up, he can always, you know, know yeah, about know that. Yeah, know his journey. Mm -hmm. um, what are you the most excited for when he's here? That's so hard. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's so bizarre. I don't know. I feel like I secretly have been, like, looking forward to those, like, sunrise feedings or something and just, like, having... That quiet moment. Having that quiet moment. I've just imagined, like, little moments. And then, totally nerdy, I'm, like, really excited to play catch once he can wear a glove. <laughs> like, I, that's so weird, but, like, that was such a big thing in my childhood, and I'm, yeah. like, so excited to do 
every little thing. I think everything. I really have no idea. So Again, I'm you overwhelmed. are so here right now. <laughs> so with the sunset feedings, we'll table that for the follow-up <laughs> totally interview. Great. And then right. you can be like, oh my God, I'm not getting any sleep. That's right. <laughs> Remember, I was looking forward to it. Oh my God. Uh, I've seen the sunset and rise. It's not as pretty anymore. I am only looking at the sun. Oh. What about Just. you, Tony? What are you the most excited about? Um, I think mine is going to be when he says baba for the first time which is the greek word for dad mm. um so sean and i decided so we don't confuse the kid too much mm. i'll be baba and he can be dad dad or da- daddy, daddy whatever, Some whatever it comes out but baba is would be specific for me so i guess looking forward to hearing him say that for the first time would be great that's true and that's what nice. are you both the most nervous for yes <laughs> I think right off the back, him not sleeping. Me or him? Him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can sleep at a drop of a hat. That's, uh, that's true, that's true. I feel like there's so many variables that it can become overwhelming. So it's kind of like, you know, we've read books and like we've read styles of, of sleep training and feeding and all this stuff. And it's like, hopefully he takes to that I mean I was a colicky kid I'm very nervous he'll be a colicky right so maybe that's the biggest thing but also I'll be totally honest our drive our first thing we're doing from the hospital is driving seven hours and that is daunting oh my god to think so well it should only be five but we're gonna go it's pretty much yeah yeah. we'll be yeah 45 in the whole right lane um So that's so got like a long drive. I think that's probably the physical what, fear is Yeah, there. the most immediate thing yeah. really. It's that maybe block that off drive. a couple places that you know for sure you can stop if Absolutely. you need to. Oh yeah. We, we've done the trip a few times now. Um, we've gone down to for ultrasounds. And so we've we've gone like three, four times. Yeah. And so we yeah. kind of know the route and where where the rest stops are. <laughs> is that exactly. pretty much the same for you or is there something specific that you're nervous about? Um, I, I think the drive up will be okay. I'm a little nervous mm-hmm. about that. I think sort of the long term, sometimes I think about uh, him just being accepted um, with two dads mm-hmm. and, you know, how, how that'll be growing up. But I think, you know, we'll be able to walk him through that. And I um, think the cool thing, mm-hmm. too, that I've seen is, like, if it's just the way that it is yeah, and he thinks it's cool, and he thinks it's just the way that it is. I actually just recently interviewed somebody who um, is a mom and adopted uh, a child, and she wrote a book. So maybe I'll have to buy it for you guys. Ooh. But it's all about being adopted. And it's all about, because she was saying that kids who are adopted, she was specifically adopted, not the surrogate, all of that, but um, kids who are adopted don't have any books out there about what it's like for them. Yeah. Or maybe one day you guys will write a book. But, um, yeah, it's a baby book about just how every child is unique and special. And it's just, it's actually going to be a chapter book, like ages six through eight, so that they can end up kind of seeing at that prime time of their life that they're unique and special, just like every other quote-unquote normal kid. I love that. So that might have to be in your future. For sure. My, um, My last little question is... In two weeks, maybe we'll push it out in like a month or so, <laughs> when life is a little crazy and, and definitely kind of different, what is something that you want to tell yourself and remind yourself of? We could even push it out to like two months when some things have worn off. 
(laughs) (laughs) What's something that you want to kind of remind yourself of? He will eventually go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... I don't know that it'll be like a reminding, but I just feel like, and I kind of said this at the, at the baby shower, I gave like a, a toast and it was like, we've just been chasing this for so long that like, I don't know that it'll take reminding, like in those really stressful moments of like, oh my gosh, I haven't slept in like 15 hours mm-hmm. and like, he won't go to sleep. It's like we didn't just ask for this. We like pursued this. We chased this. We like ran towards this. So I think, what am I even saying? We're probably going to have to remind ourselves of that a little bit. Like this really will be what we've wanted for so long. So I guess that's what, that's what I'll have to tell us. And that's, on that note, literally when people tell us, oh, and you'll never sleep and you know, he'll be up and you'll have to feed him. Like I've taken that information and I've like put it to the back of my head. I'm like, I realize it. Yeah. I know it's going to be a kid. He's going to be a handful right. for a while. And we've had um, three years to let it simmer. Right. Yeah. And, and so like, and waiting for it for so long that, you know, those nights that he won't sleep, I'm going to be fine with it. <laughs> right. It's just that's something because that's what babies do sometimes, right. and that's right. okay. Yeah. Um, so I think when I when I hear those warnings from other parents. Uh, I, I'm actually looking forward to that. I think it's going to be fine. Totally. Yeah. And it's what we hoped for. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a good, uh, babysitting mama in training just a hey, couple blocks away. Hey, I hear. Any Amazing. Um, last little thing is any advice that you have to somebody who is thinking about doing what you're doing or going through it, anything like that? Um, I think the only thing that, the best sort of advice that we had or was, that was given to us was sort of like control what you can and then really let go of the rest because so much of the process is out of your control. And so that's all you can really do. And you'll, your journey will be happier and more peaceful if you can really kind of just like let, let go and just like mm-hmm. let it all happen the way that it should. And it did. And, and it did, right? It Here took we are. Some time, but yeah. it did. That's crazy to say, that it did. It and did. like we're two yeah. weeks out from this thing. <laughs> crazy. That's so. Exciting. It's so good. It's so good. Well, we're definitely gonna have to do a catch-up episode. Oh, we'll for sure. give you some time to settle in. <laughs> but um, I know that this went a little bit longer than I even anticipated. I was like, the episodes are gonna be twenty to thirty minutes, and here we are at an hour. But I'm really grateful for your time and for hearing your story. I think it's not only amazing and special and just a story of perseverance, but I think, and I hope it's inspiring and I hope that other people can hear other people's journeys, your journey of something that you fought for for so long. And, um, now you're going to have it so soon. I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We're happy to tell the story. Yeah. Amazing. Oh my goodness, how special is that episode? I just loved their passion and perseverance, and they just knew that they always wanted a family, and nothing was going to stop them. Well, actually, I guess Sean didn't 
necessarily think he wanted a family at first, but then he got on board. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They both uh, are such a wonderful couple, and I'm just so, so excited for them, and I can't wait to meet their little boy. If you guys have any questions for them or any of my guests, remember to send me an email at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com, and I will reach out, get those answers, and get them back to you in a catch-up episode. Also, if you would like to be a guest, I would love to tell your story about being a mama or a dad. See, now we've already had dads on here. And send me an email at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Follow on Instagram at thepumpingpodcast. And till next time, keep on pumping. <laughs>